Chapter Five of From Mud to Mufti by Bruce Berensfather. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Barrack Routine. A Disciplinarian Major, ordered to Salisbury Plain. Life at the front and life in one of these enormous English depots are two very different things, and so they should be. In the island, just as at all the other home depots for training reserves and recruits, the work consists of nothing but training. Other sidelines which go on, such as commanding officers' orders, payday, kit inspections, etc., are all necessary accessories to the one great important feature which is tirelessly being carried out, and that is, providing a ceaseless flow of efficient men for our great armies in the field. When at a depot, you are regarded as an amateur learning the art. When in France, you are there as a professional. It is therefore easy to see that the mode of life and work must be very different in the two places. I must say I prefer the front. I think everybody does. There is something very adventurously attractive about being in a real war. There are times, though, when I admit frankly that I have thought the adventurous side a bit overdone. Being sprayed with machine-gun bullets whilst you are lying in an insufficient fold in the ground at dawn in a thin drizzle throws up the life of a bank clerk in a delicious bas-relief of security. As time went on and my light duty was waning, I was shifted to a more arduous company. I was now much better, but far from quite right. Anyhow, I was better, and was now on quite a different line in companies. This time I was posted to a recruit company full of activity and ambition. I was a company commander, but two companies were clubbed together and the whole outfit was under a higher command, that of a major. Some major, too. One of the real old chutney variety. The old British army epitomized. One felt something like a Zulu must have felt at a witch hunt, when the devil doctors smell you out to be thrown to the crocodiles on one of his parades. I don't know who was the most frightened, my company or myself. I think I was. Discipline was and is his motto, and quite right, too. There's nothing like it for winning wars, but it's damned uncomfortable when you are on parade. If that major thought you a bit shaky about company drill, out you'd come, and there, standing in the middle of the square, you'd have a good chance of improving yourself. And moving companies about a square is no easy matter, as all who have tried will know. It's easy enough to start them moving, but to move them where you want to, and get them back where you want to, aye, there's the rub. You stand about the center of the gravel desert, and with one mighty lung-tearing shout, you order the company to move. Before you can think of the next command to get them back again, and before you have recovered from the first exhausting vocal outburst, the company is marking time against the barrack wall as they can't march through it. Baron's father, you must give your commands quicker and louder. Blush, and try again. In the evenings when all this strafing was over, I and a few pals went off down in the town about a mile and a half away and played about till time for mess. At weekends we progressed further and perhaps went over to Cowes, Ride, or Ventnor. So as the time went on I was slowly getting through my light duty and the question was now looming up. What next when this is finished? In the ordinary course of events I should be put on the list of those ready to return to France again. But, of course, date uncertain. Anyway, the prospect of nearing the end of my time at the island was exciting. The idea of something new happening, 
of some new move in existence always cheers when one's bored. I was bored. There's a very bottled-up sensation in the Isle of Wight after you have been there some time. It's aggravated by seeing one's pals disappearing out to the front at odd moments on the receipt of telegrams. You yourself somehow always seem to be the last to go. It's strange the magnetic influence of those torn and mutilated plains of France and Belgium. I can see the old cracked remnant of Smelly Pig Farm in my mind's eye as I write, and I feel I want to be there. One day the call came. A telegram came to the orderly room and it contained a message for me. To go to the front? No. I went to the orderly room and there heard the worst. I was to go to a new division then forming as machine gun instructor. A good job, I thought, as I had been a machine gun officer all my time in the trenches so far. I found out all about this division, or rather as much as I could, and eventually when I was to go. It appeared that I had to be off as soon as possible. That evening I packed my traps and pondered on the coming move. Machine gun instructor to a new division. A division that would shortly be going to France. An interesting job, forsooth, and as I had had a pretty varied experience in this business from the practical point of view, I felt that I could be of some use in this new departure. My Isle of Wight job was over. So was the light duty, and now I was bound for a new division somewhere on Salisbury Plain. I knew also that I was taking another step in the direction of the front. Soon I should be back again, back amongst the dilapidated estaminets, the shattered chateaus, the land of bullets and billets. End of chapter 5. Recording by Philip Gould.